I don't know actually personally this doctor, but Dr. Elizabeth Cohen, she was very popular in a ministry and especially the family ministry. And then she published her research on about divorce. I found a very interesting fact in her research. According to her research, the number one reason for divorce is, what do you think? Yeah, surprisingly, she said is the communication problem. Yeah, she says the crux of any relationship is communication. Sure, you typically hear reasons for divorce like money disagreement, commitment issues, and the other things in this list. But these problems are rooted in a breakdown of communication. When there is a disagreement between my wife and I about a matter, no origin, I'm not going to say any details about that, but anyway, when we have a kind of disagreement between my wife and I in a matter, I found that while I usually try to have a conversation focused on solving the problem, my wife is more focused on her feelings in the process. In the end, without any progress in the conversation, I remember that we were only hurt by each other's emotions. At that time, I believed we are, were, uh, at the time, I believed that it happened because I did not consider the difference in thought process between me, who majored in theology and also started engineering before that, and my wife, who majored in music. Smart, right? These days, if there is any conflict of any opinion with my wife, we don't talk about it for a day or so. And we talk about it after having time to think about it and organize it. And for the most part, I found the problem to be resolved very easily. The reason I start today's sermon by talking about divorce and relationships between husband and wife is because today, I'm going to talk about relationships. I'm convinced that the first relationship between people is a marriage relationship. As we know, the Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. The man is Adam, first person. I'll make a helper who is just right for him. This was the beginning of the first relationship between people. I look up the definition of relationship in the dictionary, which I mostly like to do. The dictionary says, relationship is the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected, or the state of being connected. The most important points here are two or more and connected. I say this is important because it is very similar to what is found in God's purpose in creating the relationship between people for the very first time. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 says, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. As we know, relationship is not limited to marriage these days. 
This has been extended, extended to relationships between parents and children, to friends, and to relationship with the community. In some ways, it is difficult to explain human life outside the framework of this relationship, I'm sure. Since relationships are so important to people's life, the weight of difficulties that arise from them is also very heavy. And the difficulties that arise in relationships have a very direct and great impact on our lives. The so-called broken relationship has the power to ruin our lives. Divorce can destroy a family, and conflicts with, that arise in relationship with the children can hinder their proper growth. Conflicts within a community can destroy the very existence of the community. But I think that all the problems, what I mentioned, all the problems that appear in relationships start with very something very simple. Let's look at this simple statement here together. I don't know you already said in a conversation with your friend or not, but we sometimes say he or she saw things his or her way. And I saw things, fill in. I saw things my way, that's what we expect, but the right way. He or she saw things his way, but I saw things not my way, but right way. As you can see in the previous example between my wife and I, I always focused my conversation on solving problems. But what I found in my conversation approach was exactly like this statement. I always had a conversation under the promise, my wife sees her way, I see not my way, but the right way. My conversation started with the promise that what I want to hear and see is the right things to do. Dr. Winston Smith, he said this, if you look for relationships only where you are here, what you want to hear, you are setting a trap for yourself and a net for your feet. Do you agree with this? Yeah, it makes sense. I agree with that. Our fundamental problem is not ignorance of what is right. Our problem is selfishness of heart that causes us to care more about what we want than about what we know is right. So now I can say relationships require wisdom because they can be satisfying and full of promise, but they can also be unpredictable and full of danger. Pastor Andy Stanley says this one. He said, reassembling a broken relationship is a long skill. Wow. This means that the restoration of a broken relationship does not just happen automatically. We have to learn, we have to practice, and we have to apply how to restore our relationships. The Apostle Paul discovered this relationship problem in the Philippian church. 
They were a good church that received a lot of praise from the Apostle Paul. And whenever Apostle Paul thought about this church, he expressed his joy many times. Like what I remember, Barnes the Baptist Church, I got many joys occurred. Same to you, right? But they also have a relationship problem. The Apostle Paul is giving a very accurate and concise solution to this Philippian church. I believe that the solution presented by Apostle Paul is exactly what we need to learn, practice, and apply. Now I have to start the topic, main topic, so please give me another hour for this one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, it's going to take just only one, 10 minutes. This is the conclusion of the sermon today. The Apostle Paul's teachings are so easy and simple that you can understand what it means just by reading them. We just need the courage to apply it in our lives. This is the kind of background of what we read, the scripture what we read. Paul states the purpose of Philippians is to thank them by writing from prison. He also wished to address some other issues, including like a further persecution the church will face and an exhortation to walk together. As much as the Philippian church, I believe it probably made up of several house churches. That's the Philippian church. The Philippian church loved Paul. Its members were divided among themselves. At least part of the division revolves around disagreement between two of Paul's fellow laborers, possibly leaders of separate house churches. The Bible verses that David Update read for us today is the Apostle Paul's solution to this problem. Just let's focus on verse 3 and 4. And let, let's read them again together. Would you put in it here? So this is verse 3 and 4, what we read. Can you read together? Can you do that? Oh, in the last one, we have a day camp. When the day camp coordinator, someone who is in here, I said, can you do that? And then they say, yes! <laughs> so I expect that, but yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you again. Okay, let's, let's read this together. Okay, let's read. Ready? Go. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. Simple, right? So let's read a different version of the Bible with the same scriptures, the same verses, three and four. Let's read. NLT version, New Living Translation version. Okay, let's do that. Go. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Okay, last one, the message version. Okay, let's read this one one more time. Ready? Go. Agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. 
Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. I believe there is nothing profoundly philosophical or theological in these passages that we cannot understand. Rather, I was surprised that the content is so simple and easy to understand. He said, value others above yourselves, thinking of others as better than yourselves, put yourself aside and help others get ahead. These are the master keys of relationships, what Apostle said. But we know putting this mundane fact into practice is way more difficult than understanding profound philosophical and theological truth. Because if we try to apply this mundane fact to our lives, we must correct ourselves. However, we tend to hate the process of correction very much, don't you? Because this bothers me so much, sometimes it hurts my self-esteem. At in the end, I feel like I'm losing. The apostle was well aware about this position. So he did not give examples of himself or other people as an answer. He brought Jesus Christ as the answer to this problem. This is so clear and certain that no one can deny the answer. This is what he said in verse 5. He said, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Let's read one more time. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. And he keeps saying, who begin in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. What is the secret wisdom you need to understand relationships from these scriptures. It is Christ in you. In relationship, I either serve myself or I'm in relationship with the Christ, both transforming and being transformed by others in relationship. Yesterday, my wife, well, we had a conversation and my wife asked me this question. She said, all religions claim to be true religions. So how can Christianity among them claim to be true religions? She just asked me this very morning yesterday when I had her, the breakfast. I don't know, it's a proper question for the breakfast time, but she asked it. I feel like it almost just sounds like a seminary professor asked me. <laughs> I should answer her. but. Because as I was preparing the sermon for this Sunday, as I prepared for the today's sermon, it became more clear to me 
that Jesus did not try to convince others that he was the truth among other religions. Rather, he himself clearly exemplified his relationship with the people. That is how the Apostle Paul introduced Jesus Christ as the perfect example of our relationship. He didn't explain, he just showed it. How about making a list of specific actions you can take for value others above yourselves this afternoon? Think about your husband and wife, about your parents and children, or about your friends or the people you walk with. And try to apply the things on that list to your life. Clearly, the image of God will be manifested in your life far more effectively than some profound theological teachings to your family and neighbors. I would like to close today's sermon by reading together God's response to Jesus' decision and actions in a relationship in Philippians chapter 2. And I believe that this encouragement from God will be a great help in the list you make today and the courage put, to put into practice. Let's put in the, the last scriptures. I just want to encourage you read this one one more time together. Okay, let's see, read this one, okay? Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledges that Jesus Christ, Lord, to the glory of God, the Father. If you, we live like what Jesus lived, our neighbors, our families, they will like recognize us as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.